Lord. Whatever you lay down for the kingdom, that's your expectation. Your motivation is always there. You can't extend grace to people unless you love them. Pursuing relationship on purpose. When I'm interacting with people, I have to say, Lord, what do you see and what do you want to do? And what's my part in that? When we see we have worth and value, there is something that clicks in our mind. I'm coming out of this because of who I am. This is the Encounter Culture Podcast. Hello and welcome to Season 2 of the Encounter Culture Podcast. I'm Josh Cote, your host, and this is the place where we pursue relationship on purpose. Today we're going to be sitting down with a good friend of mine and a guy that I work really closely with, Will Brown. He owns Brown Boys Roofing out of Northwest Arkansas. And we're going to be talking a little bit about how relationship plays a role in the workplace and how we steward that well and prefer others in those dynamics, those different uh, boss and employee and coworker dynamics within the workplace. You know, we're supposed to honor and respect one another and we need to give honor and we also need to be very honorable. That goes both ways. You know, people can give honor, but you also have to stay in a place that deserves honor as well. And that's being consistent. That's being uh, very honoring of others and respectful of them. And it's also speaking to the positive things that you see highlighted in their work ethic, in their personality, in their attitude, and in their skill sets. You know, we need to praise one another and lift one another up and always look for the gold. And the workplace can really be a place of criticism a lot of the times. People are trying to get ahead. Everyone's kind of out for number one. And I've worked in those workplaces. I'm sure you have, too. But today we're going to be talking a little bit about how to steward a healthy workplace where you operate really as a community and as a family. And Will does that really well with Brown Boys Roofing. And I'm excited to sit down with him today and talk a little bit about how we can pursue relationship on purpose in the workplace. It's going to be a great show. It's show number one of season two, and I'm glad we're back. I'm glad you're with us. Stick around. Will Brown will be sitting down with me when I come back. What if there was a place where the body of Christ, regardless of background or denomination, could come together and worship our King? What if we could have an extended session of worship? Wouldn't that be like heaven on earth? Well, there is a place like that, and it's happening all over our city, all over our region. Every quarter, a different house of worship hosts Incense Rising, where lovers of Jesus come and worship in this extended 24-hour period of expression and encounter. Come be a part of the next Incense Rising, hosted at Joplin Family Worship Center, starting Friday, September 15th at 7 p.m. and continuing until Saturday, September 16th at 7 p.m. Find out more at incenserising.org. This is the Encounter Culture Podcast. Welcome back to the Encounter Culture Podcast, where we pursue relationship on purpose. Sitting across the desk from Mr. Will Brown, good friend of mine. We've gone back several years now, doing all kinds of worship things together and now partnering in business. And it's so great to have you on with me. It's good to be on. It's been a minute since uh, we've been on a podcast together, I think. I know, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a minute. Yeah. yeah. Tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. If somebody doesn't know you, a little brief history and then what you're up to nowadays. Sure. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm a dad. I've got four daughters and the youngest one's a son. And no, we didn't keep trying until the boy showed up. That's just how it worked out. 
I played enough baseball to know three strikes, you're out. But uh, my wife was having other thoughts on that. So thankfully, I got my son, but I love those girls, man. They, they have me wrapped around their finger, and they know it. And I think my son is babied a little bit too much from his mama, but she disagrees with that statement too. Anyway, I ramble a lot, so this could be an interesting podcast. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. I've uh, been working with my dad since he started our company in Northwest Arkansas since 1998. And in uh, March of 17, I was able to buy the company from him and we have been just going from there. I've led worship for over 20 years. And since we've moved to Arkansas from Missouri, it's been about two years and I haven't led worship except for at the uh, Incense Rising. Awesome. And in the last two years, I think I did the math. I've played the guitar for five hours total. <laughs> I don't even have calluses anymore. I can't sing anymore. It's just awesome. What an exercise. Oh, ex- that's not true. <laughs> I haven't exercised that muscle in a while. It's like anything. You got to exercise a muscle in order for it to be good. Well, we'll continue to invite you, and you're more than welcome to partner with us. You know me. I'll keep showing up, too. Yeah. So you're a dad and a business owner and a husband and a worship leader. But more than that, you're stewarding a relationship in a way that maybe most people probably don't. As a business owner, you're forging relationships with your employees. And in your business in particular, You've got a lot of family members that are part of that business, so that can be juggling some different roles at different times. Tell us a little bit about your heart on relationship, especially in the role of running a business. Sure. Well, if you start with the family aspect of it, I ended up buying the company from my dad because of divorce. He didn't want to have to sell the company, and I ended up buying it, and we struggled like just this morning. I had a little heart-to-heart with him, and I was grateful. It took him about five, six years to get through the stages of grief. And I found myself in that process of not addressing things that were bothering me because I was afraid that if I addressed them, I would burn relationship. And then what happens is, as you don't address things, they build up, they fester, then you blow up, and then the very thing that you've been trying to avoid happening happens because by blowing up, you actually burn relationship. So the thing I tried to avoid doing became the very thing that happened because I wouldn't just talk to him when I wasn't emotional about it and have a real conversation of, hey, dad, these are some things that I'm seeing that I'm really struggling with versus just, why did you do that? What you know? And he's like, wait, what happened? That wasn't that big of a deal. I mean, it happens with parenting. It happens in all kinds of relationships. So I think that was one of the biggest things inside the family dynamic is realizing that I have to address things early for my own ability to maintain relationship because you burn family relationship. Well, I mean, you know, someone who works for you, you may hurt that relationship. You may never see them again. But every Christmas, Thanksgiving, Easter, all these things, you're going to end up seeing your family and you don't really want to have bad relationships because they're family. I love them and I want to like them too. Yeah. You've learned from that, leaving those things alone. And I think we all struggle with that a little bit. You know, the things that kind of irritate us about one another in families and even extended families, especially because you don't see those people every day. You know, we see our immediate family every day and we, we address those things usually when we don't want to, you know, cause they're right in our face, but especially with parents as adult children or uh, other extended family members, how has, you know, understanding or learning from that benefited you 
now that you've begun to exercise, bringing things to the surface or bringing things to the, the attention immediately rather than letting it fester? Well, it's been really good. And that's not even just in my relationship with my, because I work with my dad, two of my brothers and a cousin. And my wife works in the business and I have a daughter who works in the business as well. So like you learn how to navigate relationships better by realizing that the quicker you speak to something, the quicker you can find some resolution. And I think it's really important to understand another aspect of it is what communication really is. Right. So if we're going to have a conversation and I want to communicate with you, I need to understand where you're coming from. You need to understand where I'm coming from. We don't have to agree, but if we have understanding, it makes things a lot easier. So establishing that baseline of, look, we may not agree on this, dad, Robert, whomever it may be, my wife, Amanda, (laughs) we may not agree, but at least if I understand where you're coming from, I hear your heart behind it, you hear my heart behind it, and we can get on the same page. If we don't agree on what we're going to do, we can work together towards a solution and a situation in that. So I think that for me, that was one of the bigger things is realizing that it's on me to maintain relationship. If you think it's on someone else to maintain that relationship, well, you're wrong. Own your part of it. Mm -hmm. Apologize, repent, do whatever you need to do. Ask Holy Spirit, all right, where was I wrong here? Because there's a big difference between saying the right thing and saying it wrong. You know, there have been more than one occasion on an employee that I remember one in particular that there was an argument and I said, stop arguing with me and do what I say. Well, I walked away. It was done the way I said it. And I'm sure it didn't go over really well in the moment, but it ate at me. So the next morning when I came into the office, I pulled the other people who were in the office when I made that statement to that employee, and I apologized for the way I said it, not for what I said, because the way I said it was wrong. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to raise my voice, because that's one of the things that I've been learning recently in trying to build relationship as far as our employees, is yelling and raising your voice is not a sign of power, it's a sign of weakness. Mm-hmm. Insecurity. Insecurity, yeah. 100%. God has never yelled at me. It's always that, you know, as Elijah in the cave, it wasn't all the things. It was that small, still voice yeah. that shook him, right? Right. You know, so I've started practicing that when I get really upset. If you can control your voice, you can control your emotions. So I tend to slow down, drop my tone, drop my volume, and speak clearly and slowly so that I don't get angry because I don't want to be angry, but I I need to get my point across when it's something that needs to be addressed. I've noticed you taking the time to build relationship with your employees on a personal level. It's not just business, it's personal. Give us a story of how that's played out maybe in uh, your leadership style and how you've just befriended your employees. So that's that's a tricky thing to do yeah. as as an owner because on some level I may have to fire them right. which is horrible. It's the last thing I want to ever do, but sometimes you have to. I have one employee in particular that I can think of that he was ready to quit. It was a point where things were getting tight financially and his history was when it got hard he would run and he would go out to the oil field because 
you make good money there, but you're away from your family. He was miserable. The family didn't respond well to that, but it was a way that he saw as a quick way to fix a problem. So I just started having the conversation with him. So what's really going on and diving in and drilling in and what we found is that he's never had a budget. He's never stewarded his money. He's just spent his money. So my wife and I, we spent four hours with him and his wife and our kids, who are older than his kids, entertained them at our house after church, and we worked on a budget. We built out a six-month budget. We kind of gave him some tools. We worked through some things, and we showed them how to make a budget. So for over the next six, eight weeks, every week on Saturday, we would go over their budget, and we worked that, and then I backed off. All right? Now you're responsible for your money. Now, granted, it was a Google Sheet that I created, so I have access to it, and I would check it periodically, and as we would do, like, um, we call them a GSR, Goal Setting and Review Meeting, we would look at that. So we would say, okay, so how's this going? I see what you've been doing here. I'm super proud of you. You've been doing X, Y, and Z, and you've got this much carrying over. And just, it was so very encouraging to see how he had progressed as, I mean, as a spiritual leader of his family. It's hard to be a good spiritual leader of your family if you don't steward finance as well. Yeah. To the point where he was having, he recently, I guess within the last five, six weeks, he said, I went to my parents' house and we were talking about something. He said, I don't know that I've got that in my budget. And I'm like, you have a budget? <laughs> oh, yeah. He shows them the budget and now he's actually coaching his parents wow. on establishing a budget. We could be a $100 million company with 40% net profit and that would not make me as happy as that moment made me whenever he grasp it, learned it, and is now teaching it. And owned it. Owned it. Yeah. And he's well, he's got freedom, right? Yeah. The yeah. sun sets free is free. And he's free from this burden now because he's taken ownership of it. Oh, and by the way, he's our newest sales guy. Right. And up until like the last week of the first quarter, he was number two in total sales. That's awesome. I mean, God had just been blessing him. And like just today, he sent two little... We send photos and, and text messages with the sales team, kind of a, for lack of a better term, like ringing the bell, we did something good. And he closed two just today. And I'm just, I'm so proud of him because he is just growing by leaps and bounds and God's blessing him for it. That blesses me. That's awesome. Whenever you're leading a team of people and you're stewarding relationship, I mean, that, that can get complex. Stewarding a, a team, running a business, uh, what has been your biggest takeaway and lesson learned in leadership and stewarding a, a faith-filled business? Uh, what is that takeaway? Be authentic, I think, is the biggest thing. It's hard to fake things. You know, there's an old phrase that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care, hmm. right? If you're not one who's going to authentically care for people, as a business leader or a church leader or anything, you need to find someone who's going to authentically care because if without that authentic love and interaction, it's not going to do you any good. They're going to see right through it. So I think that one of my strengths is that ability to really care for people and not just care for people, care for the teams. So one of the biggest problems that we have seen in the past is silos. There is always a big struggle between production team and the sales team. 
Why? Because production is very high detail. Sales guys are typically very low details. They need more from the sales team than they're getting, and so it becomes this uh, head-butting match. So by me building relationship with each person, I've found that they need to be building relationships with each other. So we've made a concerted effort this last six months on, hey, guys, go have lunch together. Sit in on meetings together, build relationships. We have a culture day where we went out and did some team building, just sales and production. You eliminate the uh, them versus us and create a we whenever you have relationship. So I think those are the biggest things. And just be unapologetically yourself. I mean, I love Jesus, and everybody knows that here in the office. We pray in every meeting. And when we don't pray in every meeting, I have to remind myself Oh, this is the real reason we're doing this. So be you, love Jesus, love people, and go from there. You know, I, I think that we tend to forget that Paul wants us all to prophesy. We tend to forget that. And if I have a bent, it's towards the prophetic. And the thing is, we make prophecy this big, ooey-gooey, super spiritual thing. How about it's just hearing God and speaking whatever he has on your heart. I prophesy every time we have a meeting. Whether people recognize it or not, I'm prophesying. Little things in in prayers, or just speaking out the great things that I see within people. I mean, it's amazing what happens when you call out the gold in somebody's heart. Or if you see some trash in there, you start calling out the opposite of it. Yeah. Anybody can see garbage. It takes a heart of God to see the treasure in it. That's right. So, you know, somebody's struggling, they're having a rough day, call out all the amazing things that they've done. You will be amazed at how they respond to that because you're speaking life into them. The power of a tongue is life and death. Those who love it eat its fruit, Proverbs says. That's right. Speak life, man. Speak life. Love people well. That's good. Let's go back real quick and explain the concept of silos to those that may not understand what that means. So the concept of a silo is that you have two individual departments and they just encompass themselves and they surround themselves in their own little space and they build straight up as opposed to across. I mean, for being honest, there's lots of silos in the Christian world. You have the Baptist silo, you have the Methodist silo, you have the Pentecostal silo, you have the non-denominational silo. <laughs> I mean, there's not a lot of cross-pollination, if you will, or reaching across and, and trying to build something together. So you need to build things together if you're ever going to go high, because silos are, they're kind of capped out. But if you have several silos that are next to each other, and they've created some uh, breezeways between them, it's going to be a much more stable and productive and efficient organization. Yeah. What would be your advice to somebody who's maybe an entrepreneur or a business owner and is growing and is wanting to steward a healthy environment relationally with with the people they work with? I would say one of the most important things as you're growing, you typically start with a good solid foundation and you work really well together or you wouldn't be growing because when you start fighting and knocking heads, you're not going to keep growing and pursuing that. I would say the biggest thing is take your time in the interview process. Don't just hire a warm body. Warm bodies will kill you. I mean, you can even put that into like a youth ministry, for example. Well, 
Kids kind of like you. Oh, look, you fogged a mirror. Why don't you come and help us? If they don't have a heart to serve, the mindset to love well, they're actually going to cause more harm than good. And the same is true with people who come into your business. You have to be aware of who you're bringing in. You want to take that time. I mean, the this sounds really bad, but we are very slow to hire and quick to fire. If you're not going to fit this culture, you're not going to work. Like we've actually given everybody an opportunity in the organization during the interview process, if they can be in there, to say no. If they don't think they're a good fit, then they're not getting hired to the point where my sister ended up not getting a job here because they didn't think that she would be a good culture fit. Now she's killing it at her new job. She's selling Harley Davidson's. She's doing a great job. But the reality is I gave people a voice to protect the culture that we've built. And that is very, very powerful. Be careful who you bring inside the fold because they can do amazing things for you or they can create havoc for you. Have eyes to see and ears to hear. Because if you think you have it all figured out, you're wrong. Trust the Lord. (laughs) There have been seasons in my life when I think I've had it figured out. And um, Jesus is always so good to remind me that I really don't have much of a clue. (laughs) By just allowing me to think that I know what's going on and see how wrong (laughs) I was. Trust in the Lord in that. You know, when things are good, you need to spend more time praying and being in your word and having that quality, quiet time with God than you would when things are going bad. I really believe that there have been seasons when the, I spent the most time seeking God when things were going bad. He was very kind to me to allow those hard times to come because what's most important is Him. So when you get into that spot where it seems things are going good, well, dig in a little more because the next test is coming and it's really nice to know that it's a test when it hits or a trial because everybody hates a pop quiz, but whenever you recognize that Lord's saying, this is a test, what are you going to do with it? Oh, okay, we're good then. And it removes a lot of stress. So lean into the Lord in the good times more so than just in the bad. So good. Well, I I really appreciate working with you and partnering with you and, and being a part of the Brown Boys team. And man, I really cherish our friendship and our relationship and I just really want to thank you for being on with us. Well, I love the heart of the the podcast for sure, as I'm a, like I said, I'm a relational guy and let's steward these relationships. Well, the more solid relationships that we have in our communities, the more we're going to be able to amplify and make God glorified in this region. So keep loving people well. Amen. Love you, man. Love you too. So good to sit down with Will Brown. I know I'm going to be sitting down with him again in the future, talking more about this and other things, you know, he mentioned the prophetic and I'd really like to dive into a little bit of how that plays out as well in speaking life into other people and seeing their value. So maybe we'll sit down on another podcast and talk to him about that. In a couple of weeks from now, I'm really excited. We're going to be sitting down with Mark Hendrickson once again. I know we've had him on the program a couple of times, but he just really speaks so much into how we steward relationship with our Heavenly Father and how we how we just get dripping with oil. And that's going to be the topic of our discussion a couple of weeks from now. Next week, we're going to be sitting down with Will's wife, Amanda. Now, she is the office manager at Brown Boys Roofing and, and plays a totally different role than Will does. And we'll be seeing not just from that perspective, but also from the perspective of a wife and a mother. She's very transparent and authentic. I'm excited to sit down with Amanda Brown next week 
right here on the Encounter Culture Podcast. We'll see you then.